Dateline, a long time ago. Galaxy far, far away. The clone armies of the Republic were spread out across the galaxy, fighting droid armies of the Separatist movement. And from the front lines of the battle comes Frontline, the Clone War podcast, with your host, Michael Cohen. And now, Michael Cohen. Welcome to the 17th episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast for the episode Blue Shadow Virus. I am your host, Michael Cohen. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, big news, going to get right into it. Frontlines, the t-shirt, has been announced. Uh, if you are a frequenter of our site, clonewarspodcast.com, You've probably already seen it. If you're a member of the forums, then you've definitely seen it, and you've probably voted already. Uh, if you're wondering what I'm talking about, we're doing our first t-shirt. Uh, now, the plan, if you got to kind of see the t-shirt to understand it, but there's four different colors. There's blue, green, purple, and red. Um, obviously, the colors of lightsabers of, of uh, Star Wars characters. So, what I've done is on the forums, I have set up a poll that is going to run through until March 19th, which is 30 days from uh, when I posted the poll, and, uh, and you can go there and vote on which color will be the first shirt released. Um, I do plan on releasing all of these eventually, um, and the plan is to release them in limited quantities so i'll release the blue it'll be out for a little while i'll get so many made once they sell out we'll move on to the next color because sorry i shouldn't say i'll release the blue i will release whichever color wins at the moment blue is in the lead by actually quite a bit with 56 percent green and purple are tied with 12 percent and red is uh, actually in second place with 18 percent so as it stands right now, what I'll do is I will release the blue one in a limited quantity, probably about 30 or so shirts, um, and then once they're gone, we will print them in red, and then uh, after that, uh, we'll have to see how the, the polling goes, whether it ends up being green or purple, or if I have to choose. If I have to choose, I'll do green first and then purple last. Um, and then after that, we might do another t-shirt design uh, after these four get released. Or uh, the most popular shirt might uh, be re-released and, and be the ongoing shirt for the show. So head over to our, our website, clonewarspodcast.com. Check out the designs. There's a link there to the forums. Head to the forums. Sign up for the forums if you haven't already. I mean, if you haven't, then, geez, I've... I don't know what to tell you. It's the coolest forum on the internet, the best place to discuss the Clone Wars for sure, and the only place on the on the internet to discuss Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, uh, the the greatest, most intense podcast about Clone Wars on the internet. Uh, in a lot of your opinions and my opinion, uh, I'm I'm not not too ashamed to say that I'm pretty proud of the podcast so far. So. Uh, even though I don't think that I'm as great as some of you guys think that I am, uh, obviously you guys like what I'm doing. Uh, the last couple episodes, actually, 
been pretty good, I think. So, uh, so that's changed my opinion a little bit from from the past to thinking, yeah, I've got a pretty cool show. So, if you think it's a cool show, you want to wear one of these shirts so that people will know that you are a fan. Um, then get online, go go to the forums and vote, and uh, and you can email me about the shirts as well and let me know what you have to say. But I would prefer that everybody heads over to the forums. I would definitely prefer it. Um, obviously, the only way for your vote to count is through the forums. I you you can email me and tell me about the shirts and if you like them and if you plan on buying one and and anything else that you want to say about them. Uh, I totally welcome all your feedback about them. But if you want your vote to count as to which color gets released first, you're gonna have to head to the head to the forums and vote in that poll. Um, like I said, the the polling will close on March 19th. At which point I should have a price and a release date, and when those will be available, and you guys can pick them up. Um, I'll just quickly describe the shirts. They have a logo that is, uh, it's a lightsaber. Kind of like uh, it's Obi Wan's lightsaber. A lot of you guys have noticed, actually. Um, and it's just it's got like a sort of a little iPod in it. And I know not everybody listens to the show on their iPod. If not even everybody who listens to the show has an iPod, but being a podcast, being mainly distributed through iTunes, um, that tends to be the uh, the general logo for podcasts. Is is sort of the iPod. Or that little podcast guy, which is like the little, it's like the little stick guy with the little floating head and the and the radio waves emanating from his head. That's the the official iTunes or uh, Apple podcast logo. But a lot of podcasts use that, like sort of the screen and the little, the little touch dial. I know I got an email from somebody saying, "Oh, you put the iPod logo, or you put it made it look like an iPod." But I have an iPod Touch, so mine doesn't look like that. And yeah, I agree. It, not everybody has that kind of iPod. I personally have an iPhone, so I don't have the the scroll wheel at all. But uh, but I used to, and everybody knows what it is. It's it's fairly recognizable. So so that's that. It's got the lightsaber, and then that's not it. It's got the words faster, more intense, uh, and that that's the part that's in the color. So the the faster, more intense is kind of sideways coming out of the lightsaber like it's a lightsaber beam and uh it says faster more intense and uh for those of you who don't know faster more intense is what george lucas is like famously quoted as saying on the set of the show of, of not the show of the of the films when he's directing the actress like he's he's constantly focused on details of the the sets and the props and the special effects and all of that sort of stuff. But when it comes to the actors, his only, his only advice is ever faster, more intense. So, um, that's, that's where that comes from. And, uh, and it also comes from you guys. And, uh, and obviously a couple weeks ago, the email about me and the word intense. So I figured you know what? Even though even though we've got the one listener who who thinks that it that I say intense a little bit too much, I'm gonna justify it. I can say intense as much as I want because it's now the slogan of of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Actually, it's it's kind of gonna be the slogan of Frontline season two, 
which is around the time that the shirts will get released. Well, not released, but it'll be sort of the promotional material for season two, I guess you could say, as much as you have promotional material for a free podcast. Um, but I like I, I intend on releasing the shirts probably sometime around the end of season one, just to sort of keep the hype going for you guys, to get you guys excited about more front lines and more Clone Wars later on in 2009. So that is the t-shirt. I hope you guys all love it. Um, let me know what you think. The response so far seems to be really, really positive. Um, and obviously get into the forums at geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. Head into our sub forums for Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, and vote. It's uh, Frontlines, the t-shirt. That's the name of the, uh, the thread. So get in there and vote for it. Pick which one you want. Um, from there... That is the only piece of news, uh, not because it's the only piece of news out there, but because I'm choosing for it to be the only piece of news because I have got a list here that is about two pages long of all of the different toys that have just been announced at Toy Fair in uh, New York. So without further ado, here's the list of Clone Wars toys shown by Hasbro at Toy Fair 09. Now this is just the Hasbro stuff. Uh, next episode, which will probably be later this week, uh, well not this week, but later next week because we don't have a new episode um, this Friday. So uh, so I'm going to do the episode for uh, 18 Mystery of a Thousand Moons later this week. We'll have more coverage of everything else that was at Toy Fair, but um, Hasbro just has such a long list that this is all I'm doing today. So here we go. Wave 3. Of the three and three quarter figures will include Mace Windu, Commander Gree, Admiral Yalaran, ARF Trooper, who has kind of the Scout Trooper kind of snout on the helmet, um, a Jawa two pack, and the Super Battle Droid with a machine gun arm. So he's got sort of this machine gun rocket arm on his hand instead of the uh, the regular blaster arm. Those on the previous ones. Um, wave four, which comes out after that, is the Obi Wan in spacesuit, and so that you'll recognize from uh, the episode Dooku captured. Yeah, Dooku captured is the one where where Obi Wan is in the spacesuit and he gets onto the uh, the Separatist cruiser to rescue. I'm doing little air quotes. Uh, rescue Anakin. So it's that spacesuit. It was also seen in the comics. Um, very cool figure. I'll probably pick this one up. Uh, General Loathsome. Uh, Clone Trooper Echo from the episode Rookies. Now Echo is the one that had the the handprint. The the blue blood handprint that, uh, that Rex puts his hand on, on his chest. So very, very cool Clone Trooper variant there. Uh, 4A7 droid, which is just kind of like a generic droid. We've seen them all over the place. They've kind of got that bug-looking face. Um, the droid commando, also from Rookies, which, holy smokes, I haven't gotten any of the Separatist figures yet, but this might be it. If they do, like, droid commando and then the uh, the rocket super battle droids, I'll get those, and I will have, I'll have a little army of those guys. Um... Maybe one of the tactical droids, because I kind of like them. Uh, and a new Yoda, which uh, comes with a soft cloak. For, for those of you who aren't up on the terms, soft cloak is when they have the, the cloth 
as opposed to plastic. So he's got like his regular outfit, but then his brown cloak is made out of fabric instead of being made out of plastic, like the first Yoda was. Um, very, very cool looking figure. And another Obi-Wan for or another Yoda, sorry, for, for those of you who are Yoda fans. Um, wave five includes Anakin in spacesuit. Now, this Anakin in spacesuit is not as cool as the Obi-Wan in spacesuit. The body of the Anakin is more or less the body of the regular Anakin figure. And then he just happens to come with sort of this, like, it's it's a little thing. I mean, we've seen action figures for the last 20 years come like this, where it's got, like, a little sort of shell that goes over top of his head and chest that uh, that's, like, the top of the spacesuit. Um, he's a little bit different. Like, he's kind of a repaint of the first figure. Maybe some other minor differences, but pretty much just the Anakin figure uh, with this extra accessory and maybe some other extra accessories. Um, and then Ahsoka in spacesuit, which Ahsoka with the spacesuit is a repaint of the Ahsoka figure as well, but she's painted so that she looks like her whole body is covered in fabric because... Obviously, Ahsoka's costume is very uh, revealing. It's It's got a lot of skin showing. So um, this version, she's not got any skin showing other than around her face. And then she comes with that, that uh, the helmet accessory as well. Um, and I think they also have jetpacks. Um, I, I, I don't recall exactly, but... Uh, yeah, they look pretty cool. If you don't have Ahsoka or Anakin or Obi-Wan, you should pick up all of these because they look pretty cool. Uh, Clone Trooper Denal, which Denal was from the episode Downfall of a Droid. He was the uh, the rocket trooper that jumped like from the from the Twilight along with Anakin and Ahsoka. That had the he's got kind of like vertical stripes um, on the lower half of his of his helmet. Uh, in the blue so he was actually Denal was the only one Denal and Rex were the only ones who made it out of there uh, everybody else all of the other clone troopers died so that's how you remember Denal he's the only other one only one other than Rex that survived the episode downfall of droid so check it go back and watch that episode if you if you don't know who I'm talking about um, and then the last one for wave five is Cad Bane and I uh, I don't think we've seen Cad Bane yet. Now, this might be a character from an upcoming episode. I I have to believe that he is. He's probably... I don't know. I lean more towards that he's from uh, Hostage Crisis, which will be the last episode of the series. Or the series, this season. Um, but he might be from the Ryloth trilogy. But I, I don't think so, considering we didn't see him in any of the, uh, any of the trailer. Or any of the other, like the, because there's a there's a preview up for, um, the first episode of the Ryloth trilogy, uh, Storm over Ryloth. I think that's what it's called, um, which is the next upcoming episode, not this Friday, but the following Friday, um, as re as of recording this, I'm recording this on the Thursday, the nineteenth. So, uh, coming in a couple weeks, um. Or about a week, I guess. From there, we go into these new figure and vehicle packs. They're kind of like battle packs, but uh, they're a little bit more like the older deluxe figures that we had with other waves. 
So the first one is Anakin with a cancel, which the cancel was the the sort of dragonfly creature from the movie and also from episode three. Uh, they were on Kashyyyk, but they weren't very heavily featured. Um, a clone trooper with a bark speeder. This is a new paint of the bark speeder. It's got the blue on it. Um, looks very, very cool. Uh, I couldn't really tell because there's only the one picture whether or not the clone trooper has a special uh, deco on him, but I, I think that he's just a basic clone trooper. But I that I don't know, probably not. He's probably got a special deco. We just haven't seen it yet. Um, battle droid with scout tank. The scout tank is kind of this smaller version of the AAT. Um, looks kind of funny, but it looks kind of like a I like a Happy Meal toy to me, but whatever. Um, uh, Crab Droid, uh, Turbo Tank Gunner Crew, which consists of two uh, gunners, like clone gun gunmen, and uh, uh, they've got the, the gun turrets that will go with the Turbo Tank, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, and then Dooku on speeder. Now this is the speeder that we've always seen him on, the one from Episode Two, and then the one from the uh, from the Clone Wars movie. And this Dooku is a soft cloak version as well. Uh, he's a new soft cloak version, so he doesn't have the cape uh, in plastic. It's in fabric, so it's kind of cool. Um, obviously, they did the fabric cape to go with the speeder, so that he can sit on the speeder properly. But it looks like a pretty cool figure. Um, no idea how much these are going to retail for yet, but my guess, averagely the figures are going for about $9.99 here in Canada, uh, probably about like, they're about $7 in, in the States, I think, um, seven or eight. So I figure these vehicles, probably about $14.99 in the States, $19.99 up here in Canada. I don't really know what the prices are for things in other parts of the world, so, uh, so maybe email me in and let me know. I know I've got a few of you guys in Australia and the UK. Uh, let me know what their prices are like there. Um, and then we go into vehicles. We have the, uh, let's see, MagnaGuard Starfighter, Vulture Droid Starfighter. Uh, we have the Clone Hover Tank, which if you don't know what the Clone Hover Tank is, it's from... It's been featured in a lot of video games. Uh, it's in, well, its first appearance was the Clone Wars video game. Now, this wasn't part of the Clone Wars micro series. It's not part of the Clone Wars TV series. This was Star Wars, the Clone Wars. That's it. It's just the video game. Um, and it was released just after Episode 2 for the Xbox 360, or for the Xbox, sorry, the original Xbox and um, the PlayStation 2. Uh, oh, and I think it might have also been for the GameCube. Because that was a while ago. So yeah, I think it was also for the GameCube. Um, and this tank was in that game. Because that game focused very heavily on vehicle combat. Um, so it's kind of this cool... It, it's hard to explain. It's just a cool tank. Uh, and then the last vehicle... Did I say Proto Y-Wing? I don't think I did. Uh, so the Proto Y-Wing, which was from Shadow of Malevolence, or no, uh, Shadow of Malevolence was the first one. Rise of Malevolence, Shadow of Malevolence, Destroy Malevolence. So yeah, with Shadow of Malevolence, I was right the first time. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit off today, guys. Uh, 
but going through all of this, these are, I mean, I gotta, I gotta rack my brain for what episode each of these things appeared in. But, uh, yeah, there's the, the proto Y-Wing, which is the cooler, newer version, or not newer, but the older, chronologically speaking, in Star Wars terms, version of the Y-Wing. Um, the predecessor to the one from the classic trilogy. So, uh, that's a cool figure, or not figure, but vehicle. It's huge. It looks really, really big. Um, and it obviously seats an R2 unit, and then it's got the spot in the front for uh, your pilot, and then a spot in the back for the gunner, which is really cool. Um, and then we come to the big vehicle. Uh, this is the big release of the year, kind of like the, the big Millennium Falcon was for last year. Actually, last year we got the big Millennium Falcon and the ATTE, so... Um, this might not be it for the entire year. We've got the Clone Wars Turbo Tank, though. Um, and the Clone Wars Turbo Tank, obviously, the Turbo Tank gunner crew is made to go with that. They'll be released around the same time. But the Clone Wars Turbo Tank, if you haven't seen pictures yet, you can go to any of the sites. Uh, Rebelscum.com, Cool Toy Review, JediInsider.com. Um, any, any site that has Toy News International, which is part of Jedi Insider. Well, Jedi Insider part of toy news international um go to any toy site even starwars.com i think has pictures of this thing uh, i definitely i'm pretty sure the blog has the star wars blog has pictures um this thing's fully loaded it comes with a, like the front of it kind of pops off and it's like a little base and you can put the guys in it and the, the chairs inside swivel so you can like place your your pilots like your drivers into it and then put it back onto the front of the, the tank the back opens up it's got places for all of your troopers to sit just like the ATTE um, and then it's got all the like it's got gun ports for these uh, the turbo tank gunner crew to go in and then probably the coolest part of it is that not only are you getting a clone turbo tank, you also get a bark speeder because there's a part in the front of it. I can't tell. I'm pretty sure it's the front that opens up and a bark speeder actually like launches out from it. Um, and then you also get a clone, uh, clone tank driver to go with it. So a wicked, wicked toy. It'll probably be very, very expensive similarly to the uh to the ATTE I would think because it's not quite as big as the the BMF the BMF is huge and ridiculous and has everything you could ever want um from there we go into battle packs we've got two battle packs that are that are uh clone wars related um one is the search for R2D2 which is from the episode uh downfall of a droid um, and that comes with Anakin, Ahsoka, sorry, Anakin and Ahsoka, and they have the ponchos. They have like soft cloak versions of the ponchos that they had in that episode. Uh, Gone Act and an IG-86 assassin droid. Very, very cool. Uh, cool set if, if you are looking for more variants of characters and, uh, and, and a new figure, which is Gone Act. Um, the other one, not Clone Wars figures specifically, but good enough. Um, and definitely something that you're going to want to go along with your Clone Wars stuff is the Geonosis Assault Battle Pack. 
It comes with two episode two clone pilots. These are not animated style, I don't believe. I mean, it's a, the the pictures aren't exactly uh, high resolution, so it's kind of hard to tell. But they look like they're movie ones from episode two. It says episode two clone pilots on the description, so I'm guessing that they're movie ones. But the cool part is that it comes with the gunship turrets. Now, those of you who aren't very heavy into collecting, I'll explain this. If you remember from episode two, the gunships had these turrets on them, the, the ball turrets on either side of the cockpit, sort of, um, just like behind the cockpit in front of the, the, the sliding doors that come out. And these turrets would have a clone in them, like each, each turret has a clone in them and they move independently. Anybody who's played Battlefront knows this because you can actually get in these turrets and just fire from the turrets while somebody else flies the gunship, um, which is probably one of the coolest parts of all the Battlefront games. Uh, and previously, the gunships have been released, and they've never had these turrets. They've had the there's ball turrets on the wings of the of the ship, um, which I don't know for sure if those ball turrets. I I mean I'd have to go back and watch and look for sure to be a hundred percent certain. I don't think that there's clone troopers that are supposed to be in those ball turrets on the wings. But there are, like, the, the ships were for the figures, for the three and three quarter figures, were never released with these ball turrets on the side. So now you can pick up these uh, Geonosis Assault Battle Packs, and they will actually allow you to attach the ball turrets to either side of your gunship. The, the two pack comes with two of the turrets, or with one of the turrets and two pilots. So what you can do is you, you buy two of them and you've got, you end up with two pilots for the, to pilot your gunship because every gunship has like a pilot seat and a co-pilot seat. And then you've also got two clones to go into the gun turrets. So you buy two, two of the battle packs and you've got your full crew to run the gunship. And then, you know, obviously you have to run out and you have to grab a whole bunch more clone troopers to, uh, to be in the hold of the gunship. But for those of you who are kind of like uh, movie accurate collectors and that sort of thing, you're definitely going to need to pick these up. I have never gotten any of the gunships before. Um, I do like the Clone Wars variants, the, the repaints. Um, so if I was ever going to pick one up, I'd pick up one of those. Uh, there's a, I think it's, it's either a Walmart or a Toys R Us exclusive that has like the Wampa on the front of it, like the Wampa's mouth, and I would probably want that one. Um, either that one or the one with the Kowaki and Monkey Lizard that says Death From Above. Um, or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it says. It says something in Arabesh. But uh, I, I might want to get those more. I'd be more inclined to get them now that these are out because that's one of my favorite parts of the gunships. Uh, so that, that's the battle packs that are Clone Wars related. Tons of other stuff if you're, if you're looking for classic trilogy stuff. But, like I said, trying to keep this, uh, solely Clone Wars related. Um, the last piece from Hasbro is the roleplay toys, which, uh, the roleplay stuff is, well, I'll just explain. Captain Rex helmet, which is a new version of the, the Clone Trooper voice changer helmet with Captain Rex Deco. Uh, ultimate blaster i talked about this before um this is like a nerf blaster that comes all apart and goes back together and and has all these attachments and stuff 
and the dual action lightsaber, which this is completely new. Sort of a generic looking lightsaber. Um, and it's it's not your ordinary lightsaber though. The, the one end springs out and then from the bottom, another blade comes out. Uh, so you can have sort of like a dual blade lightsaber, but it's like the bottom blade is much smaller. And then the bottom blade actually ejects and it's another handle. Like it's got another handle on it that's inside the bigger handle. And so you've got two lightsabers. So you kind of like you, you pop another lightsaber out of the one lightsaber. So very, very cool role play toy for the kids. Um, not so much for like the movie accurate collectors like I was talking about before. Not that the lightsaber toys have ever been all that movie accurate. Kind of massive. But uh, definitely, definitely a cool idea that I'm sure a lot of the younger listeners and uh, fans of The Clone Wars will appreciate. So that is the collecting news for this week. What a freaking collecting segment that was because I am already, uh, I'm just at half an hour right now in recording and we are not even into the episode recap yet. So with that, let's get into the episode recap for Blue Shadow Virus. Senator Padme Amidala and Jar Jar Binks arrive on the planet Naboo in response to a separatist presence detected on their home planet. They're greeted in the hangar by Queen Nyon... I don't know how to pronounce this and nobody said her name in the episode, so I'm just going to give it a try. Nyutni and Captain Typho. The Queen explains that Typho and his men found three battle droids in the Naboo grasslands. She pleads for Padme's help in convincing the Republic to send troops to the planet, but Padme is afraid they'll need more proof to convince the Senate. In the droid repair center, the tactical droid has been prepared for data retrieval. As they begin to interrogate the droid, Jar Jar is distracted by a small bug. He follows it around to the back of the repair shop as C-3PO tricks the tactical droid into revealing why the Separatists are on Naboo. Just as the droid reveals the presence of a secret base on Naboo and some sort of viral contamination, Jar Jar knocks over several shelves, destroying the tactical droid. Padme determines what Jar Jar was after, and he explains that this bug is a Gungan delicacy found only in the mud on the eastern swamps. Padme contacts the Jedi Temple on Coruscant to inform them of what she's found. Yoda agrees to send two Jedi to investigate. Padme requests Generals Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Anakin Skywalker because of their familiarity with Naboo and their good relations with the Gungans. Master Yoda agrees, but Padme doesn't plan on waiting for the Jedi to arrive. She's heading to the swamps to investigate herself. On the Naboo Plains, a shock wrangler named Pepe Bao is leading her herd to the, re- to the river. As the shack drink, they begin to howl and several of them collapse, turning an odd shade of blue. Something in the river has poisoned them. Padme and Jar Jar arrive at the river to find the dead shock. As they approach, clad in protective hazmat suits, Peppy bursts from behind a ruined statue, attacking Padme and Jar Jar. She removes Jar Jar's helmet, causing him to panic. But Padme has Peppy at gunpoint and tells her to stand down. Realizing her mistake, Pepe explains that the virus is only in the water and not in the air. 
They remove their helmets, and Padme explains that they're trying to find the source of the virus, the Perlodi tree. Pepe offers to guide them, but Padme tells her it's too dangerous, and that she will call for Naboo guards to take her back home. Deep in the eastern swamp, Padme and Jar Jar search for anything out of the ordinary, unbeknownst to them being watched from underground. Jar Jar slips in the mud, uncovering a metal surface beneath them. Padme calls back to Theed for a geo-scan of the area. Suddenly, several battle droids rise from the ground, arresting Padme and Jar Jar. Inside the Separatist facility, our heroes are introduced to Dr. Nuvo Vindi. Pulling a glowing blue vial from the cabinet, he proclaims that he has resurrected the long-dead blue shadow virus, a deadly plague that swept the galaxy generations ago, leaving no species untouched. Not only that, but he has also improved on it, perfecting a process that will make the virus airborne and that much more deadly. Placed inside specialized bombs, the virus will be capable of incredible devastation. Vindy intends to eradicate all the violent species involved in the war, bringing justice to the, to the deadly virus that was destroyed by them. Back in Theed, a Republic gunship arrives, carrying Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, Obi-Wan, Anakin, and his Padawan, Ahsoka. Anakin demands to know where Padme is, and Typho reports that she and Jar Jar left to investigate the swamps. Anakin sends Ahsoka with Pepe Bao to locate Padme while Anakin and Obi-Wan figure out what's going on. Typho's men manage to perform a robo-lobotomy on one of the droids, discovering Dr. Vindy's plan. He intends to send one bomb to each key, key star system, spreading the plague throughout the galaxy. Luckily, Padme located the base and they were able to get a geo-scan of it. Typho has determined three entry points to the base. Radiation scans also pinpoint a likely area for the bombs. They'll need to act quickly to stop the Separatists. Anakin advises caution or risk releasing the virus on Naboo, but Obi-Wan says better one planet than the whole galaxy. In the swamps, Ahsoka and Pepe track Padme and Jar Jar to the entrance of the Separatist facility. Suddenly, a scope appears from the ground beneath Pepe's feet. They both manage to evade detection. In the Theed hangar, Anakin and Obi-Wan are waiting on Ahsoka to return. Anakin seems impatient and Obi-Wan senses it. Anakin explains their dire situation and asks why Obi-Wan isn't as nervous. But Obi-Wan tells him he's j just better at hiding it. Ahsoka reports in and Obi-Wan gives her orders to set a bunker bomb at the south entrance to distract the droids while he and Anakin come in through the hatches. Their gunships arrive, and Obi-Wan reminds Anakin that his priority is to capture the Doctor, not rescue Padme. Meanwhile, he'll deal with the bombs. Back in the swamps, Ahsoka uses the Force to place the Bunker Buster. The thermal detonator explodes, rocking the entire facility. Dr. Mindy promptly sends the droids to hatch number one, as he puts on a special breather helmet. Pepe wants to help Ahsoka, but the Padawan tells her to stay where she is. Rex and his troops repel from their gunship straight into the facility as Ahsoka dives in. The other gunships arrive, dropping thermal detonators, creating more entrances to the facility. Obi-Wan and Anakin leap from their respective gunships, followed by their clones. The tube-like hallways are oddly empty. Looks like Ahsoka's distraction is working. Back at hatch number one, droidicas arrive, forcing Ahsoka and Rex to fall back. 
Meanwhile, Anakin and his troops have made it to Vindy's lab. Anakin confronts the good doctor, who orders them to relinquish their weapons, or Padme and Jar Jar will die. With this, he activates a switch, sending arcing lightning through Padme and Jar Jar, shocking them. Anakin orders his troops to lay down their weapons. Ahsoka can't hold back the droidicas, but thankfully, Obi-Wan shows up just in time, collapsing the roof of the hallway onto the droids. With him is a team of special bomb squad clones. Back in the lab, Vindy has Anakin and his troops at a disadvantage, but he won't be able to hold them for long, and he knows it. As he gathers vials of the virus, he presents Anakin with a choice. Capture him or rec rescue his friends. Of course, Anakin chooses to rescue Padme and Jar Jar, allowing Vindy to escape. They need to find him before he gets away. Meanwhile, Obi-Wan and the bomb squad find the room storing the bombs. Obi-Wan is pleased that they've not yet been activated, but no sooner do the words leave his lips than the timers on the bombs begin to count down. He orders the squad to start deactivating the bombs. He contacts Anakin and surmises that he failed to capture the Doctor. The clones are working on the bombs, but one seems to be missing. Anakin meets up with Ahsoka and Rex and orders his Padawan to find the missing bomb, while he retrieves Vindy. Padme tells Ahsoka that she saw Dr. Vindy give a bomb to a small droid. They need to find that droid. Anakin catches up with Vindy in the hangar. He makes short work of the Doctor's droid escort, but Vindy has a trick up his sleeve. The Doctor tosses one of the vials past Anakin, forcing him to leap, leap back into the facility to catch it. The blast door is closing behind him. Anakin radios to Obi-Wan that Vindy is escaping as he begins to cut through the door. Obi-Wan is on the way. Padme and Jar Jar discover a room full of small blue plants. Padme notices the small droid holding the missing bomb. She cautiously approaches the droid, but it startles her and tries to escape. Jar Jar tackles it, sending the bomb flying across the room. Luckily, Padme catches it. Anakin cuts through the blast door just as Obi-Wan and the others arrive. Anakin orders the clones not to shoot for fear that they'll break one of the vials containing the virus. He and Obi-Wan leap towards the rising platform, but Vindy tosses two more vials, causing Obi-Wan to change direction and catch them in midair. As the shuttle surfaces, Anakin reaches the top and confronts Vindy. The doctor cackles madly as he removes yet another vial from the case, but he's tackled by Peppy Bao, who has been waiting, who has been waiting patiently above the facility. Anakin recovers the vial, but it may be too late, as the timer counts down, but then suddenly stops. The clones have de deactivated the last bomb. Anakin reports to the others that Vindy has been captured and inquires as to Padme's safety. Ahsoka tells him that Padme is safe, and so are the rest of them, in case he was wondering. So there it is, the episode Blue Shadow Virus. Um, this was an alright episode. Well, it wasn't one of the better ones. It was, it was kind of slow to start. I found uh, it, it took a little while to get going, and uh, and even once it did, uh, it it was kind of too little, too late for me. There, not not that there wasn't some great action. Um, as the first half of a two-parter, I enjoyed it because uh, of the the story on the whole, like the the both parts, but. Um, this seems to be the case with the two-parters. Anytime they have a, a first episode and a second episode, 
of, a, of one storyline, the first episode seems to suffer the most. Um, I guess mostly because with, like they do the first episode, they have to set up all the story that's going to carry them through two episodes. Uh, when you do a, a single episode story, um, I guess you're prompted to get into it a little bit quicker because you don't have as much time to explain things. But uh, but when you have the two episodes, they, they kind of slow down and they take the time to set everything up for the second episode, um, which I will talk about in the in the next episode of Frontlines. Uh, but as as a single episode, it kind of it doesn't feel very finished. I mean, I know at the end they they capture Vindy and they stop the virus from being released, but uh, but it's definitely got this sort of to be continued sense about it um especially because like everybody's still underground and anakin's up above ground and, and it's just it it doesn't seem like the loose ends are very tied up um there are some really good moments definitely uh when obi-wan shows up and collapses the uh the the tunnel on top of the the destroyer droids um that's a good moment when Anakin and Obi-Wan are in the hangar waiting for their gunships to show up and, and Anakin is all agitated and, and he sort of gets angry at Obi-Wan and says, why aren't you more upset? And Obi-Wan says, well, I am. I'm just better at hiding it. Um, which I think is, is interesting because that might be the case with a lot of the Jedi where although, I mean, we're made to sort of think and I think a lot of people have the opinion that the Jedi are supposed to remain emotionless. Um, I don't think that's the case. Obviously, Anakin talks about compassion and uh, in Episode 2, and uh, and definitely compassion, it, it, you, it requires emotion. You have to be attached to something to a degree in order to feel compassionate about it, attached to life, at least, to be compassionate. Um, and, and although... Like the the Jedi are supposed to be detached to make objective decisions, that doesn't mean that they don't have emotions. Uh, I think that they they're just very good at controlling and hiding those emotions, so that they appear to be emotionless. Um, I mean, obviously Obi Wan grows attached to Anakin because of the way that he reacts at the end of Episode Three, but he's also still a Jedi and by the time we catch up with him in episode four um, he's he's fairly removed from the situation I mean you can tell that there's still a little bit of sore feelings about the fall about Anakin's fall but I uh, not so much in the loss of a friend as much as obi-wan's feelings of regret for having led Anakin down that path, not necessarily let him, but let him go down that path. Um, so it was a really interesting comment. I think like that one little scene holds in it a lot of discussion. Uh, that, that it's, it's a very, very loaded scene. Um, even though they don't say a lot and it definitely says a lot about Obi-Wan's character. Um, I mean, there was some cool action. Anakin was definitely, you know, in top form, jumping around and slicing things, and and uh, 
and then when they leap from the from the gunships and dive through the openings into the into the facility totally awesome totally awesome but i uh, i don't know it just it feels kind of unfinished to me there's a few parts of it that feel unfinished if you watch the episode commentary uh dave filoni talks about how this episode um introduces a lot of new characters a lot of new character models and i think he says in this one that it's the 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 most number or maybe it's the the episode after it that has the highest number of new models but um definitely up until this point we've seen a lot of repeated stuff like like the uh the big mantas uh mibre mantas that that were kind of they appeared in the first few episodes in different sizes as supposedly separate creatures but uh and and you know we saw a lot of clones and a lot of the characters that were in episode one or uh, not episode one uh the movie the clone wars movie i don't know why i called it episode one um but uh but now we're starting to see more interesting characters not more interesting characters like uh story-wise but uh visually we're starting to see a lot of new stuff because they've got the time to sort of pull these new designs and, and get new resources in there. But um, one place where it did fall short was that the, the clone troopers, the bomb squad clone troopers, were supposed to be different looking. They weren't, like, they were supposed to be a new model, not just uh, a repaint, which is what they ended up being, was like sort of these all, almost all orange clone troopers so uh in in that respect that was kind of disappointing um but i mean i i guess if we didn't know about it from the commentary we wouldn't care that much um i think i think my biggest critique for this episode is going to be in dr vindy um his motives weren't a hundred percent clear he was obviously insane, but I think that that some sort of motivation beyond just being a mad scientist would have been welcome. He definitely had a lot of dialogue, so there was a lot of opportunity for them to stick that in, like maybe, um, I don't know, that somebody he knows, like some family member or something like that was killed in, in the war, in the beginning of the war, and that's why he's trying to stop it with in his own odd way i mean he's got this weird attachment to the virus but uh i don't that it feels like there's more story there that we didn't get the opportunity to to find out about which is really annoying considering it was across two episodes that and his voice and his character just it it kind of grated on me i just i didn't really enjoy it i'm not saying that it was bad it just wasn't my cup of tea i guess um because there's probably those of you out there who enjoyed this episode and this character but uh but i don't know i i feel like even though it was a double episode i feel like like it wasn't as strong as maybe some of the other stuff definitely not as strong as the last few episodes i mean jedi crash and defenders of peace and uh and then the last two episodes 
uh, a wall and then hit an enemy. Uh, let's see what else do we have. Jeez, man, it's been it's gone by so quick. I can't remember any of the episode names. Um, but with all the episodes that that have been as strong as they have been recently, to go into this two parter and to not have even the two part story as strong as as a single episode of some of those other ones. Um, I don't know. It seems like, like I'm kind of feeling meh about the whole thing, just kind of whatever. Um, and it feels like you guys are too. I mean, um, I've gotten a lot of email from you guys lately, but the boards have definitely slowed down a little bit, the forums, because you guys aren't discussing this episode. It didn't really bring up anything that, that you guys wanted to talk about that much. So yeah, I mean, like, there's that. It's just kind of, it's kind of like whatever. Um, but it's. I think this is the calm before the storm. We're gonna get into the the, that's that's, pun somewhat intended. Storm over Ryloth being the next episode, um, and we're definitely gonna get back to, to high form. I mean, it's it's a season of episodes, and as a whole, the first season so far has been awesome. And, uh, and definitely intense. But this episode, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not give it an intense. This episode was not intense. And I think that that was probably... That was probably what, what bugged me the most. Maybe what we needed was some characters that we don't necessarily know are going to make it through it. And, uh, and it would have been a little bit more suspenseful. Um, but, I mean, we're, we're full of characters that we know are going to live. Um, so... The bombs going off and stuff like that. We knew that they were going to get stopped by the end of the episode, pretty much. But, uh, I, th I mean, like, I really think that's that's all I have to say. Um, some cool design elements, definitely, with, uh, with Padme and Jar Jar's uh, hazmat suits and, uh, and the ship, the scout ship that they take. And, uh, and... And the facility itself very reminiscent of Empire Strikes Back with the tube like hallways, uh, sorta of with, with the with the rows of lights going down them. Uh, which was very cool. I like that a lot. But um overall, yeah, definitely not one of my favorite episodes. Huh. I guess that's all I have to say about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking for, I'm like sort of searching myself for, for more stuff to talk about in this episode, but it just really did not do very much for me. Uh, the only other thing that I have to say, Jar Jar, although, I mean, like, I know that this is Naboo, so, like, that's the story, so let's, let's bring Jar Jar back, but, uh... I don't really think that he was needed. I think that he was pretty useless. I mean, again, he accidentally found the answer that they were looking for by finding the bug and going after it and all that. But, um, I don't know. I think another character could easily fit that bill. Maybe C-3PO or, or some, some other character of some sort. I think, okay, this is my closing comment on it. And I'm just going to say, I think the storyline would have been better if it would have taken place on a different planet, not on Naboo, with Padme, not with Jar Jar, 
but with Captain Typho and C-3PO. And let's say we've got Padme, Captain Typho, C-3PO on the ship. They go to a planet uh, because of some mysterious plague that's very familiar to a plague that was on Naboo that ends up being the Blue Shadow Virus that maybe originated on Naboo and then spread throughout the galaxy. So that's why Padme feels a connection to go stop it. She goes to this other planet, a new planet, one we haven't seen with a new style and a new look so that it's a little bit more visually interesting than seeing Naboo all over again, which we've seen in the last three movies, uh, all of the prequels. Um, so let's get away from that and, uh, and go to a new planet, see something entirely unique, and, uh, and then take the story from there and not have Jar Jar be a part of it. I think that would have been much more interesting than uh, than the storyline that we got. And I feel definitely like Jar Jar has been in the series way too much. Um, when the series was first announced and explained, like the first descriptions was going to be, was that it was going to be like one-off episodes with these individual stories about all over the place in the Clone Wars and all these different aspects of it. So far, we have gotten a lot of main character storylines, and I feel like that promise of seeing more of the Clone Wars is not being fulfilled. And I'm definitely going to say that it's it's sort of interfering with all of the other stories about the Clone Wars that I've read, whether it be the books or the comics or in the video games, or anything. Um, putting Anakin and Obi-Wan in all of these different places and having them do all of these other things is definitely taking up a lot of their time and making it make less sense in regards to the whole story. Definitely the fact that Anakin did not receive the scar on his eye until very late in the Clone Wars, and yet they're not acting like it's late in the clone wars like and especially if this is going to be 100 episodes we're going to go four more years with this um by the end of that i'm going to feel like a lot was fit into the last year of the clone wars and the outer rim sieges as a lot of you guys are calling it because you know all you guys are saying like everything's taking place in the outer rim so we're, we're kind of assuming that this is these are the stories of the outer rim sieges um but definitely, I mean, these characters are crossing paths way too much. That's my biggest thing. There's, and there's just too many of the main characters coming up over and over again. Obviously, for budget reasons, they're doing it because they can't afford to be bringing in new voice actors to voice all of these different characters. So they keep uh, James Arnold Taylor and Matt Lanter and Ashley Eckstein and... and uh, uh, all of these other voice actors on a regular payroll and have them do the characters that they always do, um, which is Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka. And that's why they're in all of these different episodes uh, all over the place, definitely crunching the time of the Clone Wars. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we need to get away from the main characters and into newer characters uh and and definitely please away from jar jar 
because all you're doing is giving fodder for other people to uh, to tear the show apart and say, well, Jar Jar is in almost every episode. I mean, so far he's in Bombad Jedi, Gungan General, and then uh, and then these two episodes, Blue Shadow Virus, and uh, and Mystery of a Thousand Moons. And uh, and uh, am I missing anything? I think that's all the episodes that he's in. Which is too many for me. I mean, if it would have been Bombad Jedi, I'd be okay with it. Because I like Bombad Jedi. Bombad Jedi was an awesome episode. Bombad Jedi is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. Like, I really enjoyed it. It was a unique take on the character. And it was his story, so he wasn't detracting from anything. I think that Jar Jar's biggest failing is that he himself is a distraction from the story. His actions always feel forced and always feel ridiculous when contrasted with all the serious characters. I think you put him in a an odd couple situation with C-3PO and you've got a great episode. That episode is a lot of fun. You put him in an episode where everybody else is trying to deal with a plague that could potentially wipe out the entire galaxy and they're all very very serious and yet you've got Jar Jar falling all over himself causing accidents and then mysteriously or uh, not mysteriously magically finding the answer to their problems I'm kind of tired of it like we get it Jar Jar is lucky I guess uh, although you know in my experience there's no such thing as luck but in the sense that maybe the force is guiding Jar Jar to find these things through happenstance. Um, he serves that purpose. But he serves that purpose way too much. He did it in episode one. That was fine. In episode two, his purpose was to be manipulated by Sidious into uh, voting him the, the, the emergency powers so that he could legalize the clone army. That's fine. His purpose in episode three... Wait a second, he didn't have a purpose in Episode 3. That's why he doesn't have any lines. I think he says hi at some point. Something like that. He really doesn't do anything. He's just a background character. Because he doesn't serve a purpose after those parts of the story. And I'm fine with him serving those purposes in those stories. But I'm tired of seeing him return in the same aspect that he was in Episode 1. Um... So that was supposed to be my closing point on it, and, and I ended up going on a, a, a rant and a tirade. But, um, I mean, you're going to hear more of it in the next episode. I don't know what I'm going to have to talk about, because Jar Jar is definitely very heavy in the in the next one. Um, being that it's the two-parter that also features him. Uh, with that, I'm going to move on to the mailbag. and. So we've got a piece of mail here from Jason, and he says, Michael, I really enjoy your podcast. I have been subscribed for quite a while, but only recently have started to listen to it. I have listened to another Clone Wars podcast since almost the beginning of the run. However, they have been very picky and seem to be very negative towards the series. Because of that, my enjoyment of the series drops slightly. However, since I started listening to your podcast, I started to enjoy the series more than when it first came out simply because it was great to hear from someone who had many of the same opinions and enjoyment of the series as me. Another plus for you was the fact that you and Steve are Jar Jar Binks fans. I was 10 when The Phantom Menace came out, and Jar Jar was my favorite character until Kit Fisto showed up in Attack of the Clones. I am almost caught up on the podcast, 
and am currently listening to the Defenders of the of Peace podcast. I really enjoy it when Steve from Geek Out Loud, another plug for him, comes on the show, and I think you should bring him on more often. Keep up the good work, and may the force be with you, Jason in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, thank you for the piece of mail, Jason. I'm sorry to disappoint with this episode. You are probably going to turn off your podcast in the middle of it. Um, first of all, I've been very negative about the episode, Blue Shadow Virus. And second of all, I've been totally critical of Jar Jar. At the same time, I'm going to say again, I'm not saying I don't like Jar Jar. I do like Jar Jar. I like him in Bombad Jedi. I think that he is great. I love that episode. It's in my top 10 episodes of this season so far. Um, although top 10 is pretty, pretty wide considering there's 24 episodes and we're at 17. But he's probably more like in the top 7 or 8. But um, I just feel like he's not being used properly in these episodes i don't i think that he's just kind of tacked on and not needed definitely 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 in uh in the gung in general he was not yeah that was not needed any that could have been very different but um i've talked about that before so i'm gonna get on to other stuff um i'm glad that that my podcast allows you to enjoy the series more that's kind of what i'm going for is um, the podcast isn't something by itself so much as it's a companion piece to the series. Um, and, uh, and, and a very, unlike a specific companion piece that, that tells you where to get the toys, when new stuff is coming out, all that sort of thing. Um, and then it involves you guys, because I want to know what you guys have to say. So, uh, so I'm, I'm really happy to have you, you emailing me in and telling me that that I, that you're enjoying the series more because of my contribution. That's exactly why I'm doing this. Um, as for Steve, Steve will be returning to the podcast. I've talked to him about it already, but you're not going to see Steve back on the podcast until the end of the season. Um, my plan, and now this is for you guys, is uh, I'm going to finish out the season. We've got... Uh, well, I've got to do an episode for uh, Mystery of a Thousand Moons, which will be probably in about a week, um, around Wednesday or Thursday of, of the upcoming week. Um, and then from there, I'm going to do the three episodes for the Ryloth trilogy, and then the final episode for uh, Hostage Crisis. And then I'm going to take a bit of a break, uh, probably about a month, and not do any episodes. Uh, and then I will come back and we're going to do an episode uh, where me and Steve talk about the entire season, sort of a retrospective on the season as a whole. Um, I have an interview lined up that I'm not going to tell you who it is yet. I'm going to keep you guys in suspense a little bit longer on that. But it's going to be a very, very cool interview. And we're going to get into a little bit of the... Uh, inner workings that you guys probably haven't heard about yet um of, of behind the series and and a different part of the series not so much the show itself but another companion piece to the series um i'm going to do around e3 i'll do a special report about um 
the old republic and whatever news we get there and any other star wars video games so that'll be a star wars video game special report uh about from not from e3 but about e3 um and then i'm working on some other ideas um i'll probably do like a couple of mailbag episodes where i just read your guys mail um definitely like uh, like i'll probably do like the the retrospective with me and Steve where we'll discuss the season, like the first season as a whole. Um, and then I want to do a mailbag episode that is just you guys telling me what you guys think of the first season. So you can get on and you can email me about the whole season once, once it's done. And then I will collect those and, uh, and do a, a season mailbag retrospective and then a mailbag, uh, closer to the beginning of season two, what you guys want to see an episode in season two um and then as it gets closer we'll do some more episodes uh for uh the release like sort of a countdown to the release and in there i might talk about what i like about star wars uh talk about maybe the movies um some other projects uh that that have come out of uh the clone wars and and other sorts of things um maybe a little bit of comics maybe do a comic episode overall uh hopefully there will be enough content to fill you guys uh, up for the, the summer but uh but definitely less than there has been during the season and then we'll come back with season two so that is the plan for the interim and getting into season two of Frontlines, the clone wars podcast subtitle faster more intense um so thank you very much for writing in, Jason. I kind of went on a tangent there again. Um, I skewed off on a tangent. Um, and from there we go into the forum post of the week. Uh, the forum's been kind of quiet, you guys, and this was hard for me to pick. Uh, I, I really had to get in there and, and, and decide which one I wanted to go with. Um, and it's not had a lot of activity, and this is one that I want you guys to get on and discuss because I want to hear your ideas because oftentimes you guys have genius ideas. Um, and this was posted by Kit on the forums titled Transitions, and he says, I wonder what, what they are going to do with the transitions with the Jedi Starfighters and the clone armor. They could possibly have the Jedi Starfighters have defects and they have to put it back in the shop or maybe it could be another Goldie. Uh, give me your thoughts and discuss. I think what he means by another Goldie is like a, a saboteur, like a, like another R R two droid that gets in and kind of screws around with everything. Um, I think it'll be a pretty natural progression, like it has been in other aspects of Star Wars, where they'll just be kind of like, we've come up with this new version. But I would like to see an episode similar to uh, what they did with shadow of malevolence where these new fighters are introduced specifically for something um now the storyline will probably go into something similar well not similar but something along the lines of the different uses for the star fighters because obviously we see in episode three like plo Koon is still using the episode two starfighter um and it, there's other examples of some of the jedi sticking with the older starfighter but uh, the way that I would work it is that they're, they're classified differently. The first Jedi Starfighter is the Delta Seven Aether Sprite 
uh, starfighter. It is a starfighter, like a snub fighter. It's small. It's agile. I'm. It's made for uh, for kind of the solo Jedi missions where they're a little bit more stealth, like they're a little bit more covert reconnaissance because they're such small vehicles, and they're they're nimble and agile and and really good at avoiding fire. So they're they're definitely more of a single fighter, like a like like a solo fighter than they are a squadron fighter. Um, the Delta, no, sorry, the Ada Four Light Interceptor, which is the second Jedi Starfighter from Episode Three, it's a it's a bit bigger and it um, it's got more firepower on it. I mean, it's it it looks like it has more firepower, so it's like right from the get go you go. Yeah, that's definitely more of an attack class ship and definitely like to lead a squadron. And and um and we see them in that capacity in the movies because Obi-Wan and Anakin are leading a squadron of Arc 170s, which the Arc 170 is definitely definitely a very very assault heavy starfighter. Um that thing's loaded with guns. It's got two cannons on the front of it. It's got the cannons on the sides of the wings. It's got the S-foils for maneuverability. And then it's got a gunner up top and a gunner in the middle and a gunner in the back. So uh, well, a pilot in the top, a gunner in the middle, and a gunner in the back. So like those things are intense, intense ships. Um, and then they've also, I think they also have an R2 unit on them. Um, trying to think yeah i think they do pretty sure they do um and it's more like the x-wing but it's bigger than an x-wing carries three guys and it the freaking intense ship um so obviously later on in the war the ships get a little bit more uh assault heavy than they are uh like sort of defensive and like counter offensive uh, I guess would be the right word for it, so that they can battle against the droid starfighters in the overwhelming numbers. Um, and definitely, I mean, we see the tri-droid starfighters in Episode 3 that are a more assault-heavy version of the of the droid starfighters. So um, I, I think that's where we're going to see the change in the, in the ships. Uh, as for the clone armor... I think that we're kind of already seeing that transition because you go from episode two where we've just got the the basic clone armor and then we've got the, the different uh, classification stripes like the, the lieutenant, captain, commander sort of thing um, to ARC troopers and clone commandos around episode two. And then later on in the war you start to see more specialized suits like you start to see the the arc troopers have well not even the arc troopers but just like commander uh cody has his own specific armor uh captain rex has his own specific armor that's not really specific i guess he's just kind of got the arc trooper look but um we start to see that customization and different different versions i mean we saw the recon troopers in uh in the movie and we see I'm trying to think, do we see any other troopers, specialized troopers? Well, we definitely see them, like, as 
pilots and are not pilots but like the the drivers for the atrts they have different helmets um pilots and all that sort of thing so we're starting to see a little bit more specific use clone armor and and i think that's going to sort of start to make its way over and then eventually we'll probably see the episode three armor introduced probably i would guess around like the fourth or the fifth season towards the end of the series we've kind of talked about this already so um but get in there discuss it on the forums i want to hear what you guys have to say i want to see more people in the forums definitely we've got a great community in there that's discussing stuff although it's slowed down a little bit with the last couple episodes but uh still some great guys in there still new people coming in every week like every every couple of couple of days we get a new a new member in the forums talking about stuff so definitely a great community and there's lots of other great stuff in the forums like i say every week so uh and other great podcasts to look into so um with that our episode comes to a close this is bringing it to about an hour and 15 minutes and uh thanks for listening I am definitely tired after this one. Wow, this was a uh, an intense episode. Um, There's a lot, a lot to get through. So uh, thank you for listening. Don't forget to check us out online at clonewarspodcast.com. Take a moment, fill out our listener survey. Uh, I still need more people to fill that out so that we can get a sponsor. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Our username is Clone Wars. And head over to Facebook to join our group. Uh, and join us on the Geek Out Loud forums at geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. All of these way are the like they're they're all great ways to stay in contact with with the podcast, with me, so that I know what you guys are, are saying about the podcast, what you guys think, and you guys get up to the minute news. Um, if you're a member of the Facebook group or a fan of Frontlines, you can also become a fan. We have our own page on Facebook. You would have gotten an update about the t-shirts and you would know to go into the forums on geekoutpodcast.com and vote on that. Um, if you follow us on Twitter, you would have gotten the update when it when it was posted to the, uh, to the site. So if you go to the site on a regular basis, you would have seen the pictures. Um, and if you guys go and you fill out that survey, I... I promise you, I promise you, if I can get a sponsor for the show, I will give away one uh, like one shirt for every variant color. So every time that I release a shirt, a new like a new color, I will give one away if I get a sponsor. And in order to do that, you guys have to go fill out the survey. So I uh, fill it out and get get everybody you know that listens to Frontlines to also fill it out. All of your friends who listen to Frontlines. Uh, help me get a sponsor and then I can, I, I can give stuff away for free to you guys. And we can do more contests, all sorts of contests, which will definitely keep us entertained over the summer. So with that, thank you very much for listening and uh, may the force be with you and I will see you guys next week.